All right, welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan with Jeremy, as always. What's up, world? Um, at the time of recording this, it's not Thanksgiving yet, but by the time you hear this, it will have been. So hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully we had a good record store day. We'll see when we go, when we move forward right. to next week. It's always funny talking in the future, but in past tense, kind of. But anyways... I don't really have anything uh, extraordinary to tell you guys right now. I don't think Jeremy does either. I do not. It's the end of the year, so there hasn't really been a whole lot of new and exciting music news. But there is a lot of cool releases coming out from like some of these indie labels that we've been doing. And uh, here today we're going to be talking with Steve from Heroes and Martyrs, who is a label based in New York. And if you listen to the Suffer No Fools episode, um, it's the guy who put out their last album, or their uh, last uh, little seven-inch that he did. That flexy uh, single-type thing. Yep. And then, you know, he's done a bunch of other stuff, like with Moral Pollution, Hard Feelings. um, No Warning. No Warning, yeah. And so definitely go check out his Instagram, which will be in the episode description, and uh, give him a follow. Follow Suffer No Fools. Check out the other bands on his label, and uh, stay tuned for like what he has coming up within the next few months and going on into next year. So, uh, Jeremy, unless you have anything else, we'll just jump into the interview with him. Tune in, man. Tune in. So we have Steve here from Heroes and Martyrs Records. Uh, Steve, one, thank you for jumping on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. This is the first time we've really gotten to talk to you, man. So how's it going, first and foremost? It's going all right. You know, can't can't complain too much. We heard about you from, well, one, the Suffer No Fools release, but also, (laughs) like, Dan from Coalition talked about you guys when we were... um, when we interviewed him a while back, he mentioned you, and he's always reaching out to us about people to interview or, like, up-and-coming projects and things like that. So, like, he kind of brought you to our, or at least to my attention. Yeah, Dan is, I love him. He's my boy, you know? And and without him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Like, there's so much I owe to him, even in the short time that I've been doing stuff. So, Dan's a fantastic person. How did you meet Dan? Uh, I met him when I did my first label back in the early 2000s, Martyr. Um, I did a split for Holding On and Coalition. So that's how I met, you know, the guys in Coalition. Oh, right. I knew the guys in Holding On. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're going to do a split. Uh, you want to do it? I was like, yeah. And uh, I was like, who with? I'm like, oh, we got the, our friends at Coalition from Michigan. And then I just kind of got linked up with those dudes. And then, and then I just kind of just kept in touch with everybody. Ah, okay. So this is Heroes and Martyrs isn't your first rodeo then? Nah, it's uh, number two. <laughs> number two. When did you first start the other label? Uh, that was, the seed work was kind of set in like 1999 and 2000, but it really didn't become a thing until like 2001. So my first release back then was also the No Warning 7-inch. Okay. which is part of why I made this my first release the second time. Uh, so when I essentially what happened, like you could say like the label kind of kicked off like right around the summer, give or take of 2001, because I remember I graduated high school 
and it was literally like the day that like you graduate and you walk the stage and get your diploma so it was like i walked the stage shook the hand did that bullshit left went home and like an hour after getting home from you know graduating high school i was stuffing seven inches because they had come in like two days before and then i just kind of not really looked back right on so the redoing the your original first drop was kind of like a revitalization of the label basically yeah so i'd stopped doing martyr around like 2005 for you know x reasons and then but that feeling of like wanting to do a label and being a part of a label and doing stuff and it never really went away i just kind of like suppressed it but it was always there and then around uh late 2020 i was just like buying like cds off of discogs and stuff and i had found like when i was just buying i was just buying just like stuff just to have stuff it's like because like sometimes like you want to listen to something it's either it's not on streaming or you can't find it digitally yep. so i just was picking up a few cds and then i would always like look around and i noticed a few people were selling some like stuff that i had put out and just for fun because i didn't keep anything that i did i know I, i'm not like you know even like nowadays like i don't really i'm not i'm like the opposite of a pack right like if somebody wants something that i did and i've only got like one or two so it's like yeah just ask me i'll give it to you um so i didn't keep anything and so i like picked up some cds that i hadn't listened to in like 10 15 years and then so like looking at these cds and holding them again i was like damn i kind of missed you know missed doing that um and then i was like thinking about it thinking about it and it's just like damn i kind of want to do it again but since I had like so much time in between from when I had stopped doing the first label until now, I didn't feel it was right to pick it back up, especially because like I had a few releases, like notably like um, the Modern Life is War LP that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had stopped doing the label, um, I signed it off to Death Wish so that they could Continue. have it because they, they were Death Wish band at the time. Uh, so I said, oh, here. I'm, I want you to guys, you know, keep it in print. That way, you know, it's not like some lost time thing. And so I said, like, well, I kind of lost like that big release. And there was like a few other things that I did that I know that I probably couldn't get back. So it's like, I don't want to kind of come back and have like a spotty discography. So I said, okay, let me see what I can find. Let me, let me try to like look around, see what I can do. And then um well i said well i can't i don't want to use that same name so i kind of came up with a name that was so close that it's like what was even the point (laughs) but i but it was just like a name that has been stuck in my head for years like i saw it like on a howard zinn spoken word cd and like when i was like in high school like in the year 2000 so that name just kind of always stuck in the background because you know i had martyrs like oh here's martyrs so it just kind of always like lingered about and then i was like all right i'll call it this even though it's like very similar to like what i was doing uh and then i was like well since i didn't since i renamed it so that i could kind of keep away from what i had done previously but not too much i said okay what can i do that's different okay i know i'll reissue the first thing that i did and it's like all right so i got i got the idea because like i never liked how the first no warning seven inch came out is from a personal standpoint because i was 17 when i first put it out and it's like i didn't know what i was doing you kind of like kind of bullshit like figure it out on the fly you kind of ask a few people 
like uh and i was especially bad in like the early 2000s like annoying the shit out of chris from bridge nine Mm -hmm. like i annoyed him probably like every day like how do you do this how do you do that and then i started like bugging people like dave from like indecision records and stuff like that but it's just like i i know i was like super fucking annoying um but you kind of just figure it out and then as like the releases go on you kind of know what to do what not to do right but there was just like problems but it's like it comes out when you're 17 you don't know what you're doing you're trying to make a you know, a good first impression. You don't want to do, you know, and just, I said, ah, fuck, I gotta, let me redo it. So I hit up Ben and I was like, can I please do it? Do it right. Go a little extra just to kind of make, he's like, yeah, have at it, man. Uh, so, so that was why the first one was the no warning seven inch. Cause it was kind of more of like a, like if I'm going to come back, like I want to come back after like 15 year gap with a statement of like, this is what it should have been. And this is the quality that, um, I expect it every time and what you should expect going forward type of thing. That makes sense, though, because it's almost like you uh, made your own time machine in a way to where you were like, I can go back and correct this wrong that I did. Yeah, and then yeah, totally. continue to rebrand yourself moving yeah. forward for the label. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just like, I just wanted to like get it back. Like, And that's what it felt like, too. It's like, I'll come back so I can you know, they essentially like write those wrongs, even though it's not like there was like a whole lot of wrong. It was just like, the, whoever printed the seven inch covers just did a terrible job. And I felt like that reflected on me. And yeah. it just, I, I had to like go so far and above to, to put it back out there, but I'm, I'm so happy with it. Yeah. Everybody always points fingers. Like you'd be the guy. Cause they'd be like, Oh, it's the label that did it. Like not knowing that it gets <laughs> subletted to other companies to do the printing or the processing yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Like I said, I was like 17. So it's like, if I knew what I knew now, then I would have, you know, certainly handled it differently, but it's like, you're, you know, 17 and I'm still like still figuring out life, let alone trying to figure out like how to run a, you know, a label, you know? So I didn't, quite know what to do but but now it's just pulling out all the stops and going to town so if my timeline's right then you started or rebirthed i guess is a a word that you could apply to it uh heroes and martyrs around 2021 or late twenty. yeah uh, yeah no morning like the groundwork was like set like in late 2020 like that's like when i started getting in touch with ben and a few other people to try to like see what we can do in terms of like, all right, I'll, I'll come back and do it. If I could redo that the first time, otherwise then I'll just let it, the past be the past. So that's like when I started like talking to everybody and kind of getting things situated and, you know, setting things up, but it really started in like to- early 2021, which was pandemic time, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And then that's why like my 2022 was very quiet because it's like, I, I came back during a pandemic, like when shows were barely coming around. Yeah. And so it's like, I couldn't like go back out there. Like I hadn't been to a show in like forever. Like I stopped going to shows in like 2000, like when the label stopped, I stopped going to shows. I just kind of like, I would check in from a distance, but I like, I wouldn't, I wasn't like involved as I was anymore. I just, I just like, needed like a good few weeks off but that few weeks turned into a few months yeah. and then it turned into 15 years <laughs> uh, so like there was like no shows going on and so I, I couldn't go back out there and i'm trying to find like a second release to do and then it's just like 
it's hard to do that because everybody's kind of like established at this point and things were like, we're, we're also real weird. We're like, say, even it's like getting a record made and the way that you see people like skirting around like traditional means and like, um, how things were prior to 2020 versus how they are now and in current times. So you can see like what has come out of it and how things are handled differently. And so it's like in 2022, I was like, all right, I need a real solid follow-up because if I'm going to do it, I don't want to just be one of those labels where it's like, all right, I got a release and I put it out and then deal with it for a week. And the next week I deal with the next band. And then just, I kind of wanted to have like a small uh, family of a, of a band and I can kind of have like my own bands, my own little roster, people I can kind of focus on. And it's like, yeah, I'll spend months just talking about a release, you know, not trying to get too busy. Like, yeah, obviously I want to have a bunch going on and stay busy. So that way, you know, everybody's, you know, in, uh, out there in the ether and all that stuff. But I don't want to just be one of those bands where it's just like, you know, Ross, you know, growing the roster, drop a release, do this next, you know, trying to, trying to like let it grow and, and organically like fucking naturally progress. Yeah. That's what's up. Being a New York label, how did you link up with uh, Suffer No Fools since they're a northern Michigan band? <laughs> well, that's, uh, you can look again. Like I said, I would be nothing without Dan. And it's it's because of Dan. So it's like when I, after like, the morning seven inch came out, him and I were talking, and it's just like, like all right, I need to find like the next release i need to start working on something else and that's when he's like hey check out this band and i was like this band's great and that's how i got set up with big deal and then one day he's like uh hey do you want to do this release which is you know a band that he's very close with which is um it's not yet announced but okay so i said i would absolutely love to do that release and he's like great here you go uh, and then he set me up that way. And then he's like, oh, I just got a haircut by Tyler. Check out his band. And I was like, awesome. That's how I got set up with Suffer No Fools. So it's just like all this great stuff that's coming out of Michigan. And there's a few other things that I'm kind of working on in the background. Like I said, like, there's a few things I haven't announced yet uh, or, or kind of working on. But it's all thanks to Dan. A thousand percent thanks to Dan. Yeah, he turned us on to... Suffer no fools as well, amongst a yeah. lot of other yeah. shit. I'm, I'm thankful that he did. It's like so as soon crazy. as he, like I didn't even finish like, because there's like a few times like you know I mean I hear like a lot of bands and and demos and stuff like that and people send me stuff, and there's a few things where it's like you kind of like listen to it, and you know you, you listen to it once like say like a four song EP and you're like all right you know this is this is pretty good, and you have to like listen to it a few times to like really like let it grow on you or there's a the times where you can just listen to an EP once and you're like, fuck, this is, this is it. Right. And then there's those rare times where you can listen to something and I'm like 10 seconds into it. And I'm like, fuck, that's it. That's, you know, I'm like, uh, Marvin Berry and back to the future where he's like, you know, that sound you're looking for. Oh and yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. 10 seconds into I found it. it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is it, you know? So it's like, so it's like that. So there's like a few bands, like big deal. As soon as I heard it, I was like, perfect. As soon as I heard Suffer No Fools, I was like, perfect. I love it. And then just everything just fell into place afterwards. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't, uh, Jeremy turned me on to Suffer No Fools. 
which yeah, I guess was through stuff. association with Dan through one way or another. Yeah. Or maybe Dan yeah. messaged me. I don't know. I don't remember. Like I said, I run three social accounts, so I start to <laughs> shit. Yeah, I run one, mind. and I I couldn't tell you half the stuff that I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see so much in a day, and then, like, you get a message here, and you're like, fuck, what account was that on? And you're bouncing back and forth and checking, and you're always having to make, like, double posts for this place. Or, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fucking work. Originally, when you started your label, like, back in the day, like, what gave you the idea to get into that? Um, that was mostly birthed in, like, 1998, 99, like, 90, well, I would say, like, 97, 98, and 99, um, around that time frame, like, that's, like, when I started, like, Re- Revelation Records had their own message board back then, and that was, like, the place to be, you know, it's just, like, it, I wish I had a time machine, you know, that you were just talking about before, if I can go back and, like, see some of the people that had posted on this board, and that I had interacted with, you know, some of those people are, are some of the, you know, without them, some of the things that are happening now wouldn't wouldn't exist or it would just be like, oh, shit, that's the that dude. Or, you know, it's like the names that were on that message board yeah. in hindsight is just incredible. So, like, you would just interact with, like, a lot of people. And they had, like, a whole trading section for, uh, you know, record trading section where you would just kind of post your wants and haves and you would just kind of – they would kind of be the – not really the mediator, but it would just be a means for you to kind of like trade stuff before Discogs was a thing. So you would just like email somebody, you know, at their hotmail and be like, Hey, I've got this record and you've got that record. Do you want to trade or can I buy it off you type of things? Yeah, that's And I met awesome. some of like the greatest people in my life um, through that message board and through that record trading. So I was probably, what is that? Like 14, 15, 16 around that time. So I was just like, really like, you know, the whole like second revival was kind of going on in like 97, 98, where like Revelation was just like, you know, commanding it, you know, with like their 10th anniversary and stuff like that. So it was just like, I was into vinyl pretty big at that time, just trading records and stuff like that. And I always thought it was pretty cool. Um, and then it just was like, you know, it'd be cool to like put out one because like I'm a guy with no rhythm. So like I go to shows, I don't mosh, I just stand in the back. Uh, I can't sing or play an instrument or do anything but like i just wanted to be like involved yeah and um so it's like i want to you know put out a record what can i do and so i just kind of like you know was thinking about it for a while and then uh in 1999 uh thanks to this revelation records message board ben from no warning at the time in, in a different band was like hey i'm going to the youth of today reunion in connecticut if you're going to be there and you see this dude wearing this shirt, that's me. Hit me up. I'll hand you my band's demo. And it's like, oh, cool. Okay. Uh, so I just happened to be there. And I remember that dude said something like, oh, look for this shirt. And I just happened to be going back to the car for something. And I was like, hey, are you that guy with the tapes? And he's like, yeah. And I kept in touch with him for like the next year or two. And then shortly after, he's like, all right. So my band, we're now called No Warning. And uh, we're looking to put out a seven inch and I was like, Oh, perfect. Cause I want to do a seven inch. Um, and then long story short, they said, Hey, if you want to do it, you can do it. And then, you know, that's how, uh, everything kind of started from there. And I just kind of didn't look back. I mean a little bit, but you know, I really didn't look 
yeah, too yeah. much. So going from doing it back in that time to doing it in modern day, what do you notice as a difference between like production price and like uh, production delays, the time, the turnaround time? Is there a huge uh, difference or is it kind of still close to the same? It's it's a lot of it is similar. Some of it's different, but it's like, it, and it's tough to say because um, everything is in post COVID times now. Mm-hmm. So there was like that super long thing. Like um, when I did the no warning seven inch, I think it was just before things got super squirrely where it's like, uh, it still took a few months, but it wasn't like too bad. Like back in the day, like early 2000s, like it was almost to the point, like there was a, a split I had done for this band, uh, these two bands, My Luck and Final Plan. And they were like, they gave me like short notice, like, hey, we're going to be going on tour. Can we get copies of the 12 inch? And it was like, back then it was different because I could literally call up the pressing plant and be like, hey, uh, can you just make me like, skip test presses just send me 500 copies on whatever color you have and i would get them within like two weeks it was like some crazy like i mean like it was enough time that like a band was just like dropped a tour on me like in a few weeks and i was able to get vinyl and all this stuff to them you know Damn. that fast but now it's uh. out of control like right after the no warning seven inch i was like getting ready to uh press a few things like um so like the, the plant i had used it was like a plan i was like I'm going to be using them forever because like they've done so many like classic releases that I love. I just want to stick with them. And then I go, all right, I mean, here's my second release. And he's like, yeah, if you put it in today, you won't get it for one year. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. And, and that's just ended up how it being. Like I found a few other places that were like, yeah, we won't do a year, but it's still going to be like nine months, which is crazy. Like I put in the hard feeling seven inch, uh, like February or March of this year. And I only just got it in September. But I feel like now things like that was probably like one of the last ones in like the craziness, like, you know, cause plants are now bogged down by like doing like all the Taylor Swift record store day stuffs and all that. So, so it's like, you know, they're just doing like Taylor Swift records and shit for like yeah. fucking a million copies and just like bogging things down. But now that things have kind of like worked their way out, like it's not too bad. Like I, I put in a the big deal LP like a month or two ago, and I should have it probably like next month. So it's not it's not too bad. It's still it's coming down quite a bit from from where it was, and things are getting pretty quick. Like I'm putting in another record probably like within like the next week or so, and I would imagine I would have it within two months. Like it's the turnaround time is improving greatly. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, better but in terms than of like what. I'm sorry. No, that? you're good. I was just saying that's uh, a lot better than a year. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, was like when he told me that, I was like, <laughs> you, you have to be joking. It's like, no, either put it in or get the fuck off the phone. Right. Yeah. Well, I kept <laughs> noticing that shit happening. Like, okay, an album would come out by just any artist. And like, since I, you know, I own a record store, I would get people that would be like, oh, this just came out. Like, what, you going to have the records? And, like, for a little bit there, it would be CDs would come out right around release date. And then yeah. the vinyl would follow four to six months down the road. And now I don't know if since the ease of production is getting a little better, if it's starting to uh, kind of go back on track or if bands started 
making their release date be kind of revolving around the production date of when it's going to be ready or how that actually works now. But it seems like a lot of things will be out on release date now. But for those like pandemic years, like once we were able to open again, it was very like you had to continuously explain to people like, yeah, I know that you can stream it. I know that it's out right now, but I cannot physically get it until four months down the road. And for a while, yeah. it would be like, by the time I did get it, people were fucking sick of the album already at that point, or they were over it, or they didn't <laughs> yeah. want it anymore, or they're just like, oh, I don't need it, or they changed their mind, and I'm like, well, fuck, now I'm stuck with all this extra bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's like a few releases um, that I had heard about, like, say, like, Restraining Order. I think, like, they had, like, that recorded and ready, and just, like, from the time, like, they recorded it to, like, it actually came out was, like, a year. But, you know, Triple B is good with that, where it's like, yeah, they wait till they get everything in and then make the announcement, which is like what you try to do and stuff like that. But there's like, there's been a few releases like, you know, that are just kind of just waiting. Yeah. Um, and you just got to just like wait and wait and you kind of like, oh man, I can't wait to tell you, I know that this is coming, you know, uh, but there's just a few things that you just got to just wait and this sucks. But what's yeah, the turnaround on like good. cassette tapes and shit now that that's kind of blowing up. Yeah. And, and like CDs and tapes, like um, those like, take like no time you know of course you know back in the day like those would take like you know the the few weeks to a month and then like now like i did a reprinting on like the no morning tapes and it was hilarious because like i put in the order like friday morning i was like ah oh, you know it's just a repress i'll get up in like two weeks or whatever uh-huh. uh, i put it in friday morning i had them delivered on monday and i was like <laughs> wow. oh, i noticed damn. they're already on the on the uh the web store or whatever yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've had those uh, uh, for a grip. So it's awesome. That is crazy that it flip flopped roles though. Because yeah. and I really think like I say this all the time. Like it is pressing plants redoing all the legacy artists like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones yeah. and Fleetwood Mac and that shit. Like there's already millions of copies out there. It doesn't need to get repressed on blue and yellow and orange and pink splatter, fucking yeah. four times a year when you have other bands that are trying to get their music out there and actually like wanting this and you got, you know, Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift backed up the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, which was crazy (laughs) because I've never would have expected that to happen. But both of those recent releases that just came out, the allocation for like from my distributors on it was awful. And it was mostly due to Taylor Swift or what I assume was due to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because every time yeah, she funny, comes out like, of the record, it's four variants and there's fucking 150,000 copies of each variant on the low end. And it's just absurd. But it's funny because like in like 2002, uh, to talk about Revelation again, I think they were doing a thing, if you were like on their mailing list, they would email you and be like, okay, we're going to be doing the final presses of things. So it's like, I forget what order they came out in, but it's just like all of a sudden something would come up and be like, oh, the Gorilla Biscuits record, it's the final pressing, 500 copies on red, would sell right out. Uh, this, whatever, it was like, the Chain of Strength came out, like on, say, like Gray, X amount of the copies would sell right out. And those were intended to be the last Ever? pressings. Yeah. Uh, because in 2002 and stuff like that, like CDs were king and everybody's like, 
you know, because they were super cheap to make and you could sell them for a high profit, whereas vinyl was, you know, kind of similar to what it is. And it's kind of the pricing is a little different uh, now, but it's kind of like, you know, it, the CDs were cheap and they were just going crazy. And there were so many labels that if, when you look back that um, they just, there were some, they just didn't do certain releases on vinyl. And then there's like a few that like, I don't want to say out loud because I'm trying to work like two of them that it's like fucking criminal that these things are even in 2023 as we were recording this are still not out on vinyl oh, I know. and it's like i can't believe it you know i just but it's just because oh, cds are just worth king man i was just gonna say i i just got no warnings ill blood like i had to wait for a repress and i just got that like silver one that bridge nine yeah. put out finally which was yeah. cool because and that's CD been in the like works forever. like I remember Chris was telling me about that. Uh, that that was one of those ones that's just kind of been in the works for like months. Oh yeah, I'm so just, happy. I've, I knew about that thing months ago. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, that side A man is oof. killer, dude. Yeah. Suffer No Fools was the last release that you, or the most recent release that you did, or was it the Hard Feelings? Release? Uh, the I had three kind of come out right at the same time so it was like the second moral pollution ep uh, uh which again dan was like hey my friends put out this record what do you think about it and i was like oh shit i got the like the second like i heard that was another band like i heard like three seconds of it and then that's how he set me up with jeremy from moral pollution i was like i need to do something with your band um uh it's so i had the second moral pollution ep the suffer no fools single and then the hard feelings ep kind of all kind of came out around the same time of each other around a few weeks maybe a week apart or a few weeks apart uh so the most recent thing technically was the uh, hard feelings ep but suffer no fools cat- uh, catalog number is the most recent one uh, okay. no excuse me sorry <laughs> more pollution is the most recent one uh, suffer no fools is uh number five gotcha okay i think Oh, you're good. I know how trying to remember that goes. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody, I got it, no problem. And then it's like, fuck, I don't yeah. have it. <laughs> somebody should have. make uh, Dan a fucking A and R because he's always like, just <laughs> oh, check out this band or check out this band or these guys are from. Oh the yeah, and, and he's I, like I said, he's the biggest sweetheart. I love him, but like, yeah, he'll just like text me. He's like, "What do you think about this band?" And I was like stop drilling man you hit fucking oil because <laughs> that shit's fucking awesome <laughs> and then i could do the same thing to him i'm like all right so i found this band what do you think and he'll be like ah you know that and it, it, he kind of like looks at it from fresh eyes which is nice because sometimes like yeah you get a little blinded by something or it's just like does it kind of fit what i want to do and or he'll just kind of really emphasize like you know if he's if he likes it and he says the few things i'm looking for then it's like fuck that's it but yeah he he's the best half my roster i wouldn't have anything without <laughs> so that, he's uh, like your man behind the curtain kind of yeah oh yeah yeah he's great what about ill communication is that another that band's fucking really good too yeah that was another so when i had did my first label they at the time andy and that band was uh fronting a band called with or without you and he had previously done a band called Die Hard youth 
And so, like, With or Without You was, like, a new, like, right, Die Hard Youth did its thing, and then he came out with this new band, With or Without You. And, uh, and one of the, probably the cooler things is that, you know, they, they did a split with the Warriors. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's an awesome band. Yeah, fucking. Uh, and then, uh, so I, I, I did their first EP, and then part of the plan was, like, okay, I'm going to do their, their full length, but that kind of came out right at the time I was kind of, like, things were ending for me, uh, kind of unceremoniously and I just kind of moved on from there so when I kind of was coming back into things and just kind of like refiguring things out and kind of getting my footing again um my friend sent me a link to their band and I was like that sounds like fucking Andy you know like he's got a very distinct voice okay it's like he just sent it to me you know just like oh here check this out you're like I know this thinking like I would know what it is but I just I just was oblivious to everything because I just like I said I was checking in but not really checking in right right and then I was like is that fucking Andy and he's like and so I hit him up and I was like dude you know I miss you and he's like guess what (laughs) and then he's just like uh so he's like you got to be involved with this for us and I was like whatever you need man awesome just tell me when and where I'm there and he gave me the fucking that LP is tight and solid, and, and it's just like it's got you know the California, you know it's a little. I don't want to say the word poppier, but it's like a little more I, upbeat. I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but it's got a total California vibe that just like brings me to like a certain place. You know, it brings me to like the few times I was in California back then and stuff like that, and it just brings me back to that time, which I just love. But it's also can stand, you know, with any modern band it's just it's pretty awesome and it just i just love how each song kind of flows into one or you know one into the next which they did that on their previous ep they kind of did like little segues in between the songs oh that's but this kind of like they this kind of like perfects what they had done back then and it was just like awesome because i got to work with you know not just andy and, and some old friends and stuff like that but it's like uh donnie from you know the warriors did the layout and stuff like that so i got to reconnect with donnie and talk to him again i hadn't talked to him for a minute so it was, it was real awesome setting that up. Yeah, California definitely has more of a an upbeat sound. It's yeah. got to be the the sun. Like, I would, yeah, the, I would only, say it's <laughs> like the they, only they, thing they... I've ever like chalked it up to is the weather. Like East Coast, our hardcore is fucking angry, and like yeah, West yes. Coast, I mean, like yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from them saying that they're not, but it's got like a different tempo and feel to it. They're just like. Yeah. The East Coast blade is super sharp, dude, and they just kind of like dull theirs down. You know what I mean? It's not as grimy. It's got like it's a little cleaner. I don't yeah. know. I was always a more swung more towards the the East side of things, but we're in the Midwest, so. Well, it's either the sun and the weather, or the they've had legal weed for way longer than That's the East true. Coast. Has. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. a combination of all three. But like, then, like, drain, you know, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, exactly. That's a good example. So y- you weren't in any bands yourself then, or were you? No, I, I don't have musical I'm chops. too white and too lame yeah. to be in a band. <laughs> like, I don't have the rhythm. I can't keep a tempo. Like, I could hear something and be like, that's fucking awesome, but ask me to do it, and you're going to get fucking a pile of shit i could never do it yeah i feel that i was uh i was the same way i like i tinkered a little bit but never really went anywhere with it and then so i'm doing my part by 
selling records and running a podcast. So yeah, yeah, totally. Like I said, I want to be involved. Like, what can I do? Like, all right, I could, I could facilitate a bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> let, let me do oh, it. Oh, I've played in bands, but um, you're never gonna hear any of it. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> what originally like drew you to hardcore music in general? I came up. I was like one of those ones that came up through metal. Mm. So like. You know, I had somewhat younger parents and, you know, they were the prime age of hair metal and shit like that. So they were like all into like, you know, all hair metal stuff of like the early 80s and mid 80s and stuff like that. So as that kind of progressed and I kind of was always around that. So it's like my dad would be like, you know, fucking Ozzy, great fucking bit. You know, just, like, like, does he have like, so it's a, like I was always around a like metal bandana and shit, and he's like, <laughs> fucking yeah, dude, crew. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. like, oh, you know, just like he would literally pick me up from like third grade, just listening to like Judas Priest. Fuck so it's it. like, <laughs> and he was not discreet about it, which is awesome, but it's also at the same time you're just like, oh, yeah, fuck. like. It's cool when it's somebody else's parent, not yours, yeah. type of thing. Like, uh, but yeah, so like I was always around that, lover. and then I just kind of came up into. So like as you know, you kind of hit like your middle school age. Like I really, I you know, I never had like you know that stereotypical you know big brother to kind of be like, right. kind of guide you. So it's but it's like I was always like into metal in that regard. Like you know, like the commercially viable metal, and you kind of then as you listen to that and you like go to the store, you kind of would either see the person wearing a t-shirt or you kind of hear somebody saying something or you would go see a band and um, you know, you, I would go see like these, one of these larger bands or you would read about them and you see like these opening acts and you're like, well, if that band is like cool to tour with this band, let me check them out. So you kind of get into it that way. And so like, I kind of got into it through, I just happened to like discover like, right around the same time I discovered like biohazard and earth crisis and all out war kind of at the same time. And then come to find, you know, all out war and it was like, you know, the guy, um, half the guys like live like literally like five minutes from me, like where I'm sitting right now. So like, they've been a very much of a local band to mine, like my entire life. And they're also like one of the first bands that I ever saw. And so it's like, I kind of came up with, you know, through it that way. It's like my first show was like in late 95 or 96. I forget when. Oh right! But it was like. So uh, how old are you? Was, uh, I just I'm about to turn forty one. Oh okay, I'm I'm thirty eight because I didn't um, I didn't get hip until like ninety nine two thousand, you know. So like. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was uh, pretty young at like you know I I had to bum rides for like the first you know few years of going to shows like I literally I couldn't like I couldn't drive I didn't oh, know I was sure. to get a license. Uh, but like the first show that I had went to was earth crisis and one king down oh my god dude damn so it's like i've seen earth uh, crisis but fuck dude back then with one king down <laughs> yeah it's and, and that's my, so it's like you see like so like you start off with like the bigger band and you kind of take like little baby steps down until you kind of like find your stride and your rhythm so it's like you know i i think of black sabbath and and like some of that harder stuff and you know when i was like just going into middle school and then it kind of slowly progresses into like earth crisis and stuff like that and then that you go see earth crisis and then it's like oh this band one king downs opening and then you're like what Blown the <laughs> and fuck it just away. like goes on from there 
Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's all the association bands, basically. Like yeah. You figure yeah, out. and then you just, like I said, you just kind of, you know, uh, and then I, like it, One King Down's another band that I owe. Like, they helped me, like, open my eyes to so much, uh, so much. So, like, I had a friend at the time who knew them. So I would go to a show and, you know, they would talk and stuff. So I would kind of just be around and I would kind of like knew them indirectly as like a, like a little kid. Uh, so I had the chance when I was in 11th grade, the summer between 11th and 12th grade, I spent that summer uh, just doing merch for One King Down. So Shut it's like the front door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, just a few years before I, I go to my first show, see this band and then like couple years four later, years later i'm being asked like hey do you want to come go around the entire country oh, with us that's awesome. okay <laughs> and it was like on that tour especially where it's like you know you you, you got to, i got to see things a little more so so like you know um oh you did a completely different down. fucking angle you know what i mean yeah so bill from one king down works at equal vision you know, and he's worked there forever. And so, like, you got to see, I got to see things from oh. uh, that perspective where it's like, so, like, literally, I'm sitting in the van next to him for an entire month and you just kind of talk and you listen to him and stuff like that. You just, like, Pick shit it, up. It, it's, it's not so much the teacher and the student thing, but it's like, you know, I'm very much listening to, like, what he's saying. Right. And I see how he's handling things and you kind of hear things and how he does things. It's like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, this release is doing this or that release is doing that. And then you see, like, at the show, like, you had to, like, you know, we, we sold X amount of CDs, you know, and then he had to call up, like, sound scan and, you know, like, like you just see, like, these little things and you hear these little things. Yeah, that's you know, cool. I mean, and that kind of, like, intrigued me. And that's, like, right around the time, like, I was talking with No Warning about like possibly doing something uh-huh. uh, and so it's just like you kind of hear that and you like think that's cool and then like i said like that tour just kind of really opened me up to like so much because I, I got to see so many venues that i never would have been to so many cities i never would have been to see these bands i never would have seen and just be around like all these different types of people and it's just like oh yeah dude being a roadie would be fuck a lot of fun i think yeah. do it at least once oh, it awesome. you know that's awesome yeah how many states was the tour it was you know the full 48 not like every state in 48 but it was like it started at hellfest 2000 and went um up and down you know not quite to florida it was like it went down to like say like i can't remember the exact states but it was like hellfest all the way down to say like Georgia over to California up to Washington and back. It was like Gnarly, the full dude. country and some of Canada. Nice. Best time of my life. It was like I said, I got to see so much and just like same thing with the revelation message board. Like, like there's names you would see there. Like, Oh, Todd Jones. Like, yeah, you know, like he, he, uh, you know, obviously ended up going into nails and then nails had, you know, uh, who was it? Tyler young and, Taylor Young, excuse me. Uh, you know, and it's just like what they're doing now. So it's like there's so many like people that like everything's connected you know, for... in this in the hardcore world. You know, it's cool. Yeah, I listen to. Yeah, there's uh... just like so many names that just like 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 oh, there's fucking Mark Porter Floor Punch, just bullshit. And then so you know, it's just like all these names that you're just like wow. And and this is like prime like Floor Punch time. And you just don't 
appreciate it then because it, like it just seemed right. like the norm but like in hindsight you're like damn like fuck there was mark porter we had a michigan, <laughs> just like, a michigan cool. message board it was a uh, plus minus records mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. uh and that was like our like the michigan message board we found out about shows blah 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 and I remember my boy like using web TV, and that's how we communicated on it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's my friend just like you it. said, though, man, it was like you take it for granted, and then uh, like it's gone. And the last I heard, it was like a Russian porn site, you know. <laughs> like it's just like man, yeah. And it was just like, you know, I don't know. I listened to a podcast, uh, a Joe Hardcore one earlier about hardcore and the internet and how that changed things and blah blah blah. And it's like. It's fucking nuts, man, how even, like, we can interview you, talk over this, and we're just out all over the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah was... Imagine if we had to, like, have people come here for interviews. We would have had, like, yeah. four interviews. Yeah. <laughs> like, it will fly in as yeah. soon as we can afford it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when we just did Dwid. Like, yeah. It will yeah. fly you in from fucking Belgium. Yeah, I'd be like, you're gonna have to pick up that cost. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, plus minus, that's cool. Because like, it's funny because like, it's um because now with like Earth Move, we're playing in December and stuff like that. It's like, can somebody please talk to Andy Dems about putting out a proper Blood Pack discography? Because <laughs> you know, like, I keep getting like all know. these chances to like mention it, but it's like somebody needs to do it because that band was the fucking best. I have a um. I'll take a picture of it. I think I have a damn near a, like a full like CD collection, CD discography <laughs> thingy that was actually yeah. the last time Earth Mover. Wait, that's not correct either. The first Earth Mover reunion show that was supposed to be the last show that was like uh, 15 years ago now, maybe 10 years. 10, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I've seen them at like two reunion shows right. since then. So um, Andy gifted everybody got a fucking like christmas bag full of like old plus minus shit mm. and uh do i got like uh earth mover 12 inch was in there blood pack a cd um i don't even remember, just like a bunch of free crap it was pretty cool and yeah. i remember a uh, blood pack cd was in there i got a feeling that shit's uh long gone now yeah, 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 but that's like the same thing. Going back, it's like Blood Pack came out like right when CDs were king, and it's just like yeah. all they I can remember is like they had the only thing on vinyl was like their split with Varsity, and I know they were supposed to have a seven inch come out called Guns and Ammo, and that just never came out. So they've got like a discography ish CD and like a yeah, that's what extended I have. EP CD. It's just like they just got like two CDs and like that split. You know, like in like a demo and stuff like that, and like you know, well, actually, no, excuse me, actually, no, sorry, they have like a split seven inch and stuff like that. But in terms of like, I know they had like an extended EP that I don't think ever came out on vinyl, and it's just like, oh man, that's a shame. But it's like, there, there another band that like, if they had a proper like, there's just, oh, there's just fucking the so best many. <laughs> Face Down is another band I fucking really mm-hmm. dig, and I wait like from Windsor. That did splits with like Earth Mover and shit. I've seen some of those Earth Mover like death carved in every word. I've seen pop up in like Japan and shit, like in spots that you would never really expect it to. Because if you look on Discogs for it, and this was like a while back when I was looking for it, and 
and I, I found one in Japan, one in Germany, and one in, um, I think, like, Brazil or Holy something shit, like eh? that. <laughs> and it's just bizarre because I know there's, like, a big community of people over there that are into it, but it's just crazy when you think of bands that, like, I, I mean, we're a little bit north of Detroit, so it's not local local to us, but it's local to Michigan. So just to, yeah. like, move that far is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and it's like that band um, uh, culture, a band from Florida, from the United States, you know, kind of came up in that that metal time uh, through hardcore. And if you look on Discogs, like all their stuff can only be found in like Europe yeah, or like they, they crazy countries. It, it's like, I know it's like the only <laughs> way I can get this one CD is if I buy it from a dude in Spain. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> how no, is it? They're I'm a band from the States. That, dude. <laughs> And it's like the shipping will be like four times as much as what the album is. Yeah, I I, I bought a CD this morning off of Discogs just because it's like oh, fuck, I need that. And there's like the only place I could find it was like in the United Kingdom, yeah. and it's like the CD itself was like six bucks, like with the conversion. It was just like, but they had the the seller had a thing where it's like, all right, you have to have like a $15 minimum. So I had to buy a bunch of other shit. Mm -hmm. And then the shipping on that was like 15 bucks. And then when I paid for it, so like I, I spent like $25 to buy like a $6 CD. And then like 10 minutes later, the seller sent me a message and he's like, Hey, uh, the shipping is like another $8 more. And I was like, God, no, well, I'm in it this far. Might as well go all yeah, the way. Might as well commit. Like, Shit, I spent like $32 to buy a $6 CD just because I couldn't find it on stream. Yeah. I hate paying shipping. Like, I've been spoiled through the record store because, like, I can ship fucking, you know, 200 records for $2. So when I'm like, oh, I got to spend fucking... Twelve fifty on shipping for one record. I'm like, this is uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> and like, I mean, I'll do it, and I understand. Like, I ship online all the time, so I understand that it's all part of the business. But once you you get spoiled with wholesale prices, and you get spoiled with like wholesale shipping, which is often free, if not like a few dollars, and yeah. you're like. I, why the fuck do I want to spend this much on that for? So I've found myself a lot of times like I'll be like, oh, this record's 30 bucks. Cool. Don't mind spending that. And then like I get the shipping and it's like 16 and I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not buying this. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and there's a few things like say, like from my perspective where it's like, since I've put out records and CDs and tapes and all that stuff, it's like, um, for a while like you'll see people like selling test presses and, and you know test presses are pretty coveted and stuff like that uh -huh. which i get because like back in like you know high school especially like if i had the chance to get like a test press especially of like a record that like i wanted like and loved i was i would go crazy like um but like after a while like you find out like to you know so when you press a record and they sell you test presses like you know x amount of dollars to make you know is is factored in for test presses like say like 200 bucks yep. and if you want extra test presses it's like an extra two bucks a record so ultimately like test presses cost like in the scheme of things like nothing so it's like how can i sell like you see some labels sell it which i fully get i just i just can't do it because i'm afraid that somebody's gonna yell at me and be like how can you charge that much you son of a bitch and it's like <laughs> what you know? so i just can't sell that that's why like now when i make a record like uh test presses are limited to just eight 
because I only use them to just like test the record, like how you should. And then I just give right. them to like the band with the exception of like one record I'm doing next week. The band asked me to make 10. So I'm actually making 12. But other than that, like every record I could do is just eight test presses. And then like when you see like how much like those costs or just like a regular record costs and it's like, oh, I've got, you know, 300 uh, hard feelings seven inches like literally next to me as I'm talking right now. And each one of those costs me like $3 to make. It's like, how can I then like, I feel weird like buying a record that's like 20 bucks and when that costs, yeah. like I know how much it costs and it just is like not that I don't want to spend the money but it just feels like no but you when know. you're when you see the guy behind the curtain like you already yeah. like you know the the business behind it so it's almost like it doesn't ruin it but it like sets things into a certain perspective where you're like man I know what you paid for that thing like do I really gotta pay like yeah. fucking 40 50 dollars for this record that cost you like yeah, and six I, and I think um, probably like my mental patient rambling that I was trying to get to it's like so because like I know all that and I've seen all that back end stuff it's like so like limited versions like that's something that does not affect me anymore Yeah. like I used to go crazy for like oh shit this band is going on tour or they got this color I know the true difference between like if a band puts out um, uh, like, like say um, I'm trying to think, I can't think of a good example because I'm fucking brain dead, but it's like if a band put out a, a thousand records and nowadays there's just like no more black, right? Everything is a color. Yeah. It's so almost let's say, to like find the thing black. nowadays is like uh, a thousand, you know, they press a thousand and there's, you know, some on a hundred, you know, a hundred on this color and 200 on this color and 500 on this color. Yeah. That 100 is no different than the 500. It literally, it's just like, Hey, press and plant. Can you just make a hundred on this? And then 500 on that. Like there's no, it's literally like, all right, they made this hundred and now they're making that 500. Like, yeah, there are fewer of them, but it's just like, when you know that and you look at it at like that perspective, it's like, there's no, it's no different. It's just kind of like buying it to like eventually then flip. Yeah. type of mentality for me where it's like i'm not gonna do any i just gonna listen to it and put it on my shelf I'll like i don't like that's kind of dead for me which is i mean like hey and if there's anything like that i do that somebody wants it's limited believe me i'll like i said i'll give it to you you know like uh and i fully get like limited versions and stuff like that but it's just like now that i know that it's like no different than just telling the place you want a different number it just like kind of like cheapened it for me yeah <laughs> so it's sure. like yeah i don't go too crazy you're like oh if i you know, there's a few records like I'd like to have back from like when I was like, you know, in my high school vinyl collecting phase. But it's like the prices got insane. Oh, yeah. And there were some records like if I had kept like every record and T-shirt that I had, especially around like high school and right after high school, I would be living like Conor McGregor was like a few years ago, just like fur coats, just fucking cursing and <laughs> yeah, beating up people. And like, you know, like, hardcore I would be, <laughs> yeah. Fuck but there's yeah. like, but it's like when I know that like that, you know, if I were to buy like a record that like was just kind of repressed, like it, there's no, it's just a tangible way for me to have that music. So it doesn't really. A um, lot of times I'll, try to buy black just because it'll usually be like a few dollars cheaper and mm -hmm. uh yeah i always I thought know, that I just, was funny yeah i just don't care like like yeah there's times where i've seen some variants that i'm like man that looks sweet like there's a lot of people that'll compliment album artwork colors and 
I've seen some crazy looking like splatters and blends and shit and it's cool and all, but when it comes to like the money for it, like do I really want to pay $6 extra because this one's purple splattered versus this black one that's the same thing for five, six bucks less. Yeah, and but I should also, you know, follow this up with like when Mindforce last record came out, I've bought so many copies and like every version possible because I'm just love that band. Absolutely yeah, love that band. It got oh to the God, point totally that day agree. that my bank had to send me a text message going, Hey, is this a, a fraudulent purchase? Because we noticed that all of a sudden you're just spending like <laughs> $70 at multiple places. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, but at the same time too, like that was like a rare exception where it's like, all right, if it wasn't mine for us, you know, then I wasn't, I wasn't buying it. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're like, a, it, since you said all out war is pretty local to you, then I would imagine mine force is pretty, pretty close local, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jay, especially like Jay from mine force, like, you know, He's somebody um, that I've been seeing at shows like my entire life. And then even to like Nick, like we've spent like uh, we went to like a New Year's Eve house party in like 2000 or 2001, you know, like, so we like, we all know the same people and like yeah, everybody I've, since I've been a teenager, circle. I've known, I've known them. So I had a question about, test presses that I, mm-hmm. I always wonder how often do you get a test press that isn't what you want like in the final mix because a lot of times that I've had test presses that I've either gotten as a gift or like one or because I really don't buy them all that often because a lot of times it lacks the cover artwork and I'm like fuck yeah. I want the cover artwork <laughs> but how many times does it come to you and it's like Ah, uh, this one I don't want. Like, you get ten different ones. Are they all a different mix, or is it the same mix on all ten? No, it's literally. So it's like, if I were to press a thousand records, and get ten test presses, essentially I've gotten a thousand and ten records. So they're made the exact same way from the same thing. The only difference is that they're just they're done first before everything else on just usually black vinyl. Yeah, it's like the demo. Um, and it's just to make sure that like before they go ahead and really press the full thing like does it sound okay is there anything that you would want it because like this is your last chance because like right. once it's pressed into a, a record you can't like unpress it you know you can't yeah so they're made with grooves. the same they're made with the same plates and shit then yeah exactly and if there's a problem then you can go say hey, these you know these plates need to change or something like that but it's like those are the ones you want yeah, the ones, the that, ones got that changed yeah the ones that got changed would be the ones that Fuck would appeal yeah. to me like other than that just having yeah. the the rough version of without cover artwork i mean it's cool but yeah that's literally that's all it is it's just you know a black vinyl version with uh different labels really have you... but it's just it's just meant truly it's just meant to just make sure that before they go ahead and make the actual record there's like does everything yeah sound cool uh, otherwise like speak now or <laughs> don't come crying you know right but i've never had a problem like i mean i actually listen to like this you know especially now like i said like i make few because i just test them and then like is this cool cool and then i just give them to, to like the people involved and then whatever yeah. but like i listen to probably like you know the big deal record i got eight i probably listened to those eight each one easily like 15 times because like i have to what if you know like uh-huh. what if i let it go out there and there was something like i, I had to test it and it's just like am i 
chasing something that exists or am I so paranoid that like I hear something that doesn't exist? Yeah. So like I had to like verify it with like some other people and they're like, no, you're just shut the fuck up. You're paranoid. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Cause you know, but. do you let go across and test it on different turntables and stereos or do you just use like the same one each time? No, I use the same one, but it's like, um, I'm just like hyper focused on it. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, if, if it'll pass my, turntable then it's like all right i know it'll pass like 98 percent of like right. the communities right you know i mean obviously i'm not going to compete with some dude you know some audiophile who's got like you know a 400 dollars weight and all this <laughs> stuff like but it's like if yeah. mine if it passes mine then i feel real good because i know that like you know i've got like the good upper mid-range stud what are you right, running cool that's something i've uh, never i mean i've got a a Technics that I had, I've had it now for like, like 25 years, but it's just like so reliable. Like a Mark II, um, like a 1200. So you're saying Technics, uh, or like yeah, a FG Servo something? Oh yeah, I know uh, what you're talking about. There's actually there's one sitting right in front yeah. of us right there. <laughs> but it's just it's reliable. It's like it's it's got everything I need. It does it perfectly. Everything sounds as good as it did back in 19. 98 for me so yeah. it's just like you know and, i just kind of updated every so often put like a new cartridge or put yeah you know like a, a new um stylus uh, yeah or get a new one of those or or like the um new uh what's the fucking thing like the rubber oh yeah the, the thing that like spin thing like i'm so fucking no and underneath it like kind of like moves the gears there's like a belt oh it's yeah, belt yeah. Driven. Belt. Uh, yeah it's just the belt the belt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fucking no, that would come out of. I don't know. Yeah. You said yeah, Technics, so I and my Technics doesn't have a bell. It's like all motor driven. Well, they have little gear teeth inside of them yeah. a lot of times. But yeah, depending on which Technics you have, but they are, I will say, like, I have one, two, three, four, five different turntables, and uh, the one I run at the store is a Audio Technica, which is just like a mock-up version of the Technics. And I will say, like, those are the best for playing 45s because it's so quick to just pop it on and off. And then, like, Jeremy and I both have um, a Project Spirit turntable that has, like, a slower startup speed. Like, it's not quite as quick and snappy as what the Technics is. So It's dead fucking silent. Oh, yeah, it's dead silent. It's a great turntable, but I don't like it for playing 45s because it's so much, like... You gotta hold the fucking button down, then pop it up. <laughs> you know, this is great. Like I just down. put it on and, and go. Like I said, so it's like I know if it passes because mine's like it's bare bones, but it, I don't feel it's bare bones. It's just like it's everything I need, nothing I don't type of thing. And it's yeah, just yeah. Like, I you know I listen to it a few times because like when you press a record too, like you kind of get like those little, you know, you can get kind of like little fibrous stuff in between. That's the way it usually like when you get a record after like the first few listens like it'll sound a little bit better because you kind of get like some of that shit yeah, just from manufacturing uh-huh. like you can't kind of avoid it type of thing yeah so i'll listen to it a few times i'll try to use like a you know a, um, a cloth to kind of like remove some of this stuff in the static and and really like sit there and just like focus on every word every note and make sure that what i can end up giving is like the best quality possible most definitely, man. I, I would, I would do the same thing. I, though, like I was, you, I would be, like, struggle so, with like, that. 
like being nervous that it was fucked up because yeah. I'd be like, yeah, oh, like eyes you said, shot, fucking, oh my god, dude, fuck. Yeah. You know? like looking for a problem. <laughs> I mean, like there was something there like no I problem. thought I heard on on something, and it was just like kind of like, did you hear that squeal, dude? Thing, or, or am I just hearing it because I'm just like so hyper focused? It's like your furnace kicking out yeah. in the background or <laughs> yeah. something, and you're just like, what was that? Like a dog barking at me while it's like my dog's like, please fucking feed me, man. Yeah. Oh shit. There's some guy cutting his grass oh, on this record. Oh, never mind. It's my neighbor. Great. Yeah, I would. I never actually, until you said that, I never really put that in, into perspective and thought about it. Like, I would definitely be hyper aware of trying to make sure there was no mistakes. So, anyway, Steve, I did have one more question that I thought of earlier that I forgot that I just now remembered again. So, yeah, yeah, what's up? When you are choosing like color variants for seven inches and stuff that you're pressing up like do you just kind of at random just pick them from the distributor or do you have an idea going in mind like what colors you want to do because i seen like the the hard feeling seven inch is kind of you did like a crazy blend of different colors for that one and then some are solid colors some are splatter colors like is there a process that goes into that or is it just kind of at random uh, it's ultimately it's like up up to you, right? And that's what I was saying before, like like with like limited editions and stuff like that. Like it's literally no different than me just calling up, like, hey, I want this on this color, this and that color. Yeah. Um, the way that I do things now is a little specific, maybe a little annoying. So when I first did the No Warning Seven Inch back in two thousand two thousand one. Um, Vinyl was way different back then because it was almost like going back out, you know, like it was kind of like winding down. Like I said, come like 2002, like, like every big label was pretty much just doing almost CDs exclusively. Yeah. Like, yeah, there would be certain releases that were like undeniable that would end up on vinyl. But then like after a while, like 2002, three, four and stuff like that, like you would notice like a lot of labels just doing CDs. Uh, so at that time, like, the whole label thing was kind of birthed from wanting to do, you know, make a record based upon like record collecting. Yeah. And one thing I didn't have was an orange record at the time. Um, and I was like, fuck man, I've got all these records, all these colors, you know, oh, and back nice. then like nobody was doing splatter and all that stuff. Like it was just like marble and or solid right. colors or transparent, or transparent colors. Transparent. It was just like basic. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't have like an orange record and like, there was only two that I knew of, which was the Ensign seven inch and the 97 a 12 inch. Those were the only two things like I knew that were orange, but I didn't have them. And it wasn't as easy then to get stuff like, you know, like I said, like for me to find it, I'd either have to go like on eBay, which was still kind of in its infancy, or I'd go like on the rev trading board and I'd be like, Oh, you've got the Ensign seven inch on orange. Like, man, I want to get that. Uh, so when I went to go make the No Morning 7-inch, um, I called the plant up and I was like, I'm going to do a 1,000. Can I have a 100 on orange? And he's like, no. Uh, <laughs> the minimum is 300. And I was like, but I really want to get a 100. And he's like, I can give you a 100, but you can't pick the color. And whatever you get, you get. And I don't want to hear shit. And I was like, awesome. I hope I get a real cool color. And he, he's like whatever uh so cut to i open the box like what color did i get and you got i got this fucking 
purple putty bullshit color. Uh. And that's part of like what I wanted to correct when I was doing things again. Um, and then why that Nordic seven inch now had a hundred on orange because originally way back then I wanted to do a hundred on orange and now you it's finally like, got to, yeah. So I, I called the plant when I was doing, I was like, I want a hundred on orange and no like, bullshit, no problem. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> uh, but, but now I turned that into a thing where it's like every release I do, it's like no warning, seven inch, hundred on orange, hard feelings, hundred on orange, big deal. 100 on orange uh the next few things i've got coming up everything i do now is gonna have 100 on orange that's because it's like i'm so pissed about that color that like so like what relapse does is like um every record they do they put 100 on clear and those are for friends and family you know so it's like they're not made to the public but it's like if you look say like you know you can go look on discogs like everything relapse has done in like the last 20 years has got a hundred on clear. So I've kind of taken that mentality. Like there's things like I've borrowed from like other labels. Like I've seen them do. And I kind of like, Oh, I like how you do that. You know, kind of like, you know, kind of get inspired by certain things. So it's like, I turned that hundred on orange into like a thing based upon like one, not being able to do it. And then two, because relapse does that where it's like, they do a hundred on just that color. That's not, you know, except, you know, I make mine available, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, like, just from me. It's like, like, I want collecting to, like within collecting. So, you know what I mean? It's like, not only do I want to collect hero and martyrs, I want to collect all the orange ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, just a little something. Yeah, and then like cool. also too, like what I had done with hard feelings is like the pressing plant that I had used, um, is a place in Ohio and they do those wax mage variants which are like those insane color combinations handmade each one's a little more unique than the next um, yeah they're like there's no so, two that are like the other one yeah and they're, and they're like there's just like one dude like making them as opposed to just like taking like the puck of vinyl and then just like throwing it between two plates oh are those it's the like, lathe cut ones no, no they're just like they're, they're like hand poured or however they make them oh, like okay, okay. super unique um uh like you know that. i mean laser yeah laser made you know by hand as well but it's just like uh you know but so so like everything i do now is like 100 on orange and then if i can do like these handmade versions like not the pressing plant that i use for 12 inches doesn't do those because like that's an exclusive thing to like that place in ohio right but they kind of do something like it so big deal is going to have something like that um so to get off my fucking (laughs) mental patient rambling tangent so it's like in terms of like deciding the color so it's like um so i know everything that i do like even if i got to the point where i was like fucking capital records and i'm making like fifty thousand. I'm still going to have that hundred on orange because fucking whatever. Uh, So everything is on orange. Like say um, in terms of like, say no warning, no warning had yellow and blue that was chosen because like when I was deciding to like figure things out, Rev said, Hey, can we get an exclusive color? And then like Rev's thing is like yellow vinyl. Uh, So the yellow was for Rev. And then the blue was cause I had just got a copy probably like literally like two weeks before I, I had decided to like send that order to press of the um, hard stance discography that's on indecision, which is like, yeah. if you've never heard that, it's like uh, such an unsung band. It's awesome. Uh, uh, that I got that copy like on, on blue, this is the same blue it was done. I believe at the same plant and everything. It's just like this 
nice transparent blue. So I just was like, Hey, I'll just do it on blue. You cool with that? And they're like, yep, that's cool. Um, but then like, say like hard feelings and like all the other bands now, like, so hard feelings. I said, what colors do you want? And I said, we're, we're doing 500, uh, 100 of those is orange. So of the remaining 400, what do you want to do? You could do any combination. You could do a hundred, 300, 200, 250, whatever you want to do. Just tell me. So hard feelings got to pick their colors. Uh, and they said, Oh, we kind of want to do like a smoky, you know, smoky green and black. Awesome. Um, big deal. Same thing. I said, what do you want to do? And it's all oh, we want to do. And That's they, cool that you give them the option to do that. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I get to, it's kind of, I feel like the dad, like in Beetlejuice and he's like, you can do whatever you want to this fucking house, man. Just don't yeah. touch this room. And that's how it feels like. <laughs> Do whatever you want, man. Just give me my hundred orange, yeah. and you can do whatever the fuck else you want. Oh, that's cool. So it's like so big deal. Like, oh, we want to do these splatter with these colors, and that splatter with these colors. So awesome. Here you go. And then same thing. Like um, so one one band that I haven't announced yet that I'm going to be announcing Monday is Time Heist from Colorado. I fucking and that band's fucking tight. I've been yeah. listening to them for <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, I'm, oh yeah, so we're gonna be announcing the. Uh, I'm gonna be reissuing their EP that they had just put out. So we are we kind of like remastered it, remixed it, added. You know, the B side originally had like a silk screen, but we the B side on this one is gonna have a, a live set and stuff like that. Fucking came man. out like the, we just got it back from mastering. Like first thing this week, it sounds fucking awesome. Um, same thing. Hundred so on mark. I was like, yeah, hundred on orange. <laughs> well, what else you want to do? Fuck, and he's like, ooh, uh, cool. you know. So we we still have to figure out the one color. Uh, but one of them we're going to try to do is like based upon the original release of um, American Nightmares background music, where they came out with the blood splatter yep. version that was supposed to be like you know like a red X, uh-huh. um, but it kind of came out like a little more purpley. Uh, so we're going to try to do that and make it as maroon, kind of like that same thing where it's like try to make it a definitive X in the vinyl with uh, black and maroon. So we're going to see what dope. we can do there. But yeah, yeah I said now, at least now that the way I do things is like either uh, I'll do a hundred orange and then whatever else you guys want. I got some, some other fun stuff. Kind I want to put my name down on one of those. Um, <laughs> earlier, I uh, also put an order on the so orange. I put an, uh, any oh, any time I, heist. I thought you were talking about and that. And then uh, I put an order in uh, while we were starting this, so you can throw a couple stickers in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, time heist. That, that time heist, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be, yeah, that'll it'll, have already been announced. So it'll be, you'll be repressing you're not, them. You're not sending any spoilers out. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like, there's a feel. There's, like, there's like so much. Like, like, um, there's just like so much. Like, I want to say, you know, like, I know there's like, uh, I've got like at least the next five things I know that I'm doing. That's cool. Just like, I don't want to say it now because, like, you know, because like how we were talking earlier. Like, I don't want it. Like, I were talking like, oh, you got to wait a year. Yeah, right, it just right. sucks. It's like, oh man, I just want to fucking you live tell whole, you what uh, I'm doing right now. Right. And, but but that's also birthed from how we used to do things like in the early 2000s where it's like if you look now um i feel like you know things are different like they're the same but they're different it's like we kind of do the same things like if you know we'll send out a press release and we'll push things but we now you know we meaning like you know labels and stuff you'll see that they'll put out a release 
and like it's like okay now the record's out or the record's out in a month but i feel like it used to be more in the you know i'll say early 2000s where it's like you would put out a release like uh martyr signs modern life is war uh, look for their record like in the winter or something like that you know you yeah. just put out a release for that and you would just kind of like associate the band and let it kind of grow but like it's more common now to just like announce it all at once like like triple b you undeniable kings right now undeniable and what sam is doing is just fucking incredible yeah but they, the, you see what he yeah. did like he just announced a new band today yep. he just announced no turning back came back and and he's got a record out and he announced it that they were uh you know on triple b with the with the release announcement and you can get the record soon same thing you just did the colin of arabia announcement same thing Fuck. That's like, one of the. That's what I was talking about it, boom, earlier boom. about. And like, it's like yeah, every week, man, he's dropping something. Yeah, and it's fucking bomb. It's all, he's just dropping fucking all good shit. But but that's like how you got to do it because like we're we're in different times. Like yeah, I was grateful to be in a time back then where it's a little. It was busy, you know. There was a lot of labels, but now it's like a little bit more cutthroat, and there's just more going on, and that's also because things are more accessible. Like yeah, we had the internet back then. But it's like now, like as soon as something happens, like I can f- find out within seconds right. as opposed to where, you know, it would take minutes or hours or even days back then. Yeah. So it's like it's more cutthroat because everything's more accessible. So you're able to just deal with more things more often. Right. And, and so it's like, yeah, like... what's the point of like me announcing a signing in January for a release that might not even record until the fall and then come out like a year later? You know, it's like. It's, Honestly, it's better to kind of like do. wait and kind of do it all at once to kind of keep the interest because like while you're waiting, you know, then some other label is going to put out something out like days is going to come by and drop another fucking, uh, yeah. you know, skull shattering fucking release. And you're going to be like, fuck, you know, and it's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to keep up. I mean, it's awesome because it's like, though. that's what you want. You want things to be prolific. And I, I was just going to say like, shit. yeah, I don't want to like, you know jinx it but there's a lot of fucking but if you have a release like say coming out in like november like it would be almost bad business to announce it in january because between january and november you're gonna have five six thousand more releases come out between yeah all things yeah the only thing that it's good for is just like it gets something out there and and like kind of like you know puts it out into the like universe that it's like oh yeah but then, but then the at the same the time, time too, it was like around, if there's nothing it. going on, you know, if there's nothing going on, then like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like so. It's like the hard feelings seven. It's like it just came out in September, end of September. But it's like they had recorded that January, early February, you know, up at up at gate four. So like we've had that waiting at the pressing plant for months. You know, if I had said like, oh yeah, you can uh, get it now. Or, or you could pre-order now, and then you have to wait six months. People would fucking punch me. You know? like, <laughs> There's, there is the case. I'm sure this has happened to you. I know it's happened to Ryan too, where we pre-order shit, and then like months later, it's like you get a package in the mail, and you're like, "What the fuck? Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. all about this." You know? It's yeah, like yeah. Back forever. in back in the day, I was I had done a compilation seven inch, and like I said, things were a little bit you know, faster in terms of like manufacturing. So it was almost like you can, um, and certain labels are able to do this now. Like I can't do it now, 
or at least not yet, where it's like they could pre-order, you know, they'll put out a pre-order three months before it's actually out because, you know, using that pre-order to essentially pay for the record. Right. Which is like, I wish I could do that, but I'm just not at that level yet. So it's like, if I put a pre-order now, it's like, so it's easier for me to wait to have everything because like, I don't have, you know, the name again, like I said, I'm still trying to regain my footing and stuff like that. So like, I, I like to really wait and kind of do like the triple B thing where it's like, I get everything and then announce it or I'll, I'll announce it. Like when I know definitively, like when it's kind of, like when it's the pressing plant is like, yeah, it's shipping. Like, cause they'll give you a heads up. Like, Oh yeah, we're, this is going to be shipping in like a week or two or something. So like, okay. You know, I can kind of base it off of that or something like that. Where it's like, or CDs is like, you know, I've got, I deal with somebody awesome on CDs, my friend Brad and CDs just literally now take just like a few days. So yeah, it's like, oh, I know I could trust that, but it's like, everything's kind of just waiting and like, okay. Yeah. The, the records are done being pressed and they're kind of now they're now going into like shrink wrapping and, and, you know, getting ready for shipping. So, okay. You know, you can kind of base things off of that. So like really like the release date and stuff, it's kind of, at least for the way that I do, it's like once I submit, my approval for the test presses and like things actually go to press like that's when i can kind of really like okay now we can say this is the going to be the release date or at least like the release time frame and yeah then as it gets a little bit closer like than time kind of frame it. yeah because so. like the longest thing like like the hard feelings i felt bad but like i said like the place i ended up finding like because i went to one plant and they were like yeah it's going to be if you put it in today it's going to be one year oh they weren't shit. kidding it was just one year but when I, I found a plant that was like eight months and I was like, all right, that's better. You know, it's not, it still sucks, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's four um, months, but you know. Yeah, it, it was, it was something, but it's just like from, I fucking forget. Like it was something like they finished it and we got the master's say like February, uh, something like that. So it was like, let's say for sake argument, I put in the order like March 1st. It was around there. It's like when I put it in from like March until like July, nothing happens. It's just because there's just so much going on. But also within that time, they're also making the plates to press the actual record. Like right. that's like a lot of like the wait time. And then like once they get the plates in, then it's just as like, you just got to wait your turn in the queue and then just make them with, within like a few days. Yeah. So it's like, you're literally just sitting there fucking waiting and it's just like, God damn, man. Like, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, I just want to like announce stuff, but it's just like, I don't want like you know there's like a, there's like one thing like I'm so fucking excited to announce especially you know for Michigan there's actually two back to back releases I've got coming out and I just want to just like talk about them and like tell you like everything that we're going to be doing because there's like one thing that we're going to be doing about it that I knock on wood or fucking whatever nobody's done it yet at least not to like all right I should say like it's been done because I got the idea from seeing it but like in terms of like hardcore nobody has done it or at least not to this level like there's similar things but like i don't want to say it, but there's like something that's it's just kind of funny in a way and i just want it to be like can't wait to show people like what we're thinking because it's so ridiculous you know did you like but in a good way press some camo shorts into a record or something 
Simple, kind of, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but yeah, it's something like that where it's just like, ha ha, that's that's good. But it's like I think it's going to be cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. To we'll, we'll, we'll it's look. like your dick teasing us, man. We'll look forward. To it. <laughs> I know. I like, fucking want to say it too. But, you know, it's like you know, gotta gotta give the people just a little little bit, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's uh, very much Michigan based. Awesome. So I have like one, well. We one have, more question, and, the and, then, question. and then the question before we wrap things up because I'm getting hungry. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as a record collector, because we don't always get to talk to record collectors on here, you would think we talk to more, but a lot of people seem to be like, yeah, I don't really buy the shit. But um, what are some of your like most prized possessions in your own record collection? Oh, that's tough because like, admittedly, I don't have too many records anymore. Because like I said, like, because once you get to the point, at least for me, like, I know there's some people that still collect them. Yeah, I've got, I don't know, like, it's like looking at, like, my collection. There's just, like, you know, I have certain ones for certain reasons, or I kept certain ones for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, like uh, one record I have, it's, you know, not anything special. It's just the first Adam Manium L- uh, LP on Maroon. I still, like, I love that record because, like, I keep talking back to like high school. Like I feel like fucking Al Bundy trying to like relive his glory days. But it's <laughs> like Hulk. But it's just like it was. <laughs> there was just so much going on at that time. But it's like so the Adamanium record. Like I've got that on Maroon. But it's because like I, I got that at that time, and it just was like another one. Like one of the like those bands that like kind of opened things up for me. So it's like uh, Indecision when they were kind of like still not quite but kind of still in their infancy um put out the the devil's night seven inch was just a seven inch of a few live bands that was recorded you know like an october one night yeah and it had like ensign and death by stereo and and uh adamantium on it so like i went to an ensign show because you know i'm on the east coast and they're from new jersey uh and i got this record because i just was like in that phase where it's just like any touring band that came by I just bought everything on vinyl. Just gimme, gimme. I just fucking need it. Uh, and then I, I go home, and his record was cool because it was half orange, half black, which is like back then, which is like, holy shit, they could do that, you know? But now right. it's like, you know, I can get a record filled with like fucking glow in the dark, you know, liquid and shit. Like, you know, you can get all this crazy shit now. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I, I got that record, I listened to it, and I was like, fuck, Adamanium is fucking awesome. Uh, and then, you know, then Indecision starts their meteoric rise where it's like, you know, I discover Throwdown, you know, the original Throwdown. Yeah, yeah. And then they just put out consistently for like the next 25 years some of like the best releases you will ever hear. What animantium are you talking about? I have... uh, from the Depths of Depression. Oh, okay. I have, I have a copy of that, but it's a repress. And then I just got Traditions in like, couple weeks ago i got yeah. a vinyl copy of that i was pretty happy about uh then like a few other records like i said i don't have too many like like i've got um you know just it's mostly just a few things that are just kind of like important for me but like you know, gives a shit type of stuff like i said like yeah, i love that's what, um, I, that's what i was getting at with the question like i don't care if it's worth <laughs> fucking four dollars yeah i mean there's, like, yeah, but there's nothing like exciting you know it's just like, like i said i don't have like too many records anymore because it's just 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 because but it's like you know like like say like the hard stance discography 
another phenomenal indecision release. But then, and like that's a band like I feel like nobody talks about, but it's like, you know, it's got like early Zach De La Roca before like Inside Out. It's like, you know, they were doing stuff in California like in the late 80s that like just didn't sound yeah, that's like so that, crazy that to think time. about. Yeah. And and it's like I said, it's just a fucking nice blue. You know, and I just like it because it just it just looks nice, man. It's just like you got this tangible thing and it just looks fucking cool. Yeah. Um if I had like again, you know, to go back and like if I had every record that like I actually had my hands on and actually owned, I would have like probably like the I wouldn't say the funniest story, but probably like hilarious thing is um so I had my friend Jeff who was like this he was kind of like one of the people that like helped really facilitate like my whole vinyl growth and stuff like that so like i just found him through like trading on like that rev trading board and he would help me with some stuff and because he was based out of chicago so he had access to like all these bands and he worked at a record store and stuff like that so he got like a lot of cool stuff and just being a dude collecting vinyl he like he had a ton of cool stuff and what was cool to me at the time, you know, coming up in the age of, you know, uh, Rev, Victory, Equal Vision and stuff like that, it was uh-huh. like stuff that wasn't really like important to him, but it was like, you know, Huge to important you. to me because like, that's what I came up with. Like, right. like, I'm sure there's a band, you know, kids now that are just like days, triple B, streets of hate, give it all the fuck to me right now. But where I'm somebody that's like, oh no, I want like turn of the century, like Rev stuff because like, that's like he would hook me up with stuff and he goes uh here and he gave me a fucking dead mint project x seven inch original project x seven inch like this thing looked like like he got it like say in 87 and kept that shit in the vault and then gave it to me um but when i was trying to like really you know uh grow the first label um like I said, I sold all my like my big records back then to like help pay for like say like the first No Warning Seven Inch and like the first few things like I was really doing, and up until like I, I kind of got to like the Modern Life is War LP like the first like nine things like I sold like all my records and shit just to kind of like pay for all that stuff. So well, one of the things I was doing I was working on a Comp Seven Inch and I was trying to get like all like the fucking hype bands at the time to like do just like because it's like the same thing like a lot of the ideas that I come out with like like say like the orange vinyl and stuff like that. Is just based upon things like I want or things that I haven't seen or, or I want or, you know, or I want to do and stuff like that, where it's like, I want to put out a cool compilation seven inch because I don't see too many of those that often. Um, so I was trying to put one of those together. So I approached a singer of a band and, and I was like, Hey man, can I get your band to put out a song for me? He's like, no problem. And I said, in, I don't have money to pay you for recording. I'll give you this record because back at the time, you know, you have to understand this was 2002 ish. So okay. like that project X record, like, yeah, it was like $200. Like you, like back then it's like $200 where whatever it is now, like I don't even want to look at what it is now. because I, I uh, Yeah. I can't even imagine, dude. Yeah. I thought it got, was like, cool when they like put it out on CD, like in 2000 and something. And I was like, you could, yeah. You yeah. Know, it was like 2005. Like, well, I put it out. Uh, so I said, Oh, and Lou, like this record is the equivalent of like you going to the studio and recording and all that stuff. I'll just give you this flat out trade. Like, that's awesome. Like, I've got this record worth, you know, then whatever it would be like 200, $300 or, or whatever, like silly price that like 
you know, like I said, I've, I'd looked a few years ago, but I try not to look anymore because, you know, yeah, obviously yeah, just... that band never recorded it. And I just essentially gave him a free record, which, hey, whatever, you know, I, I, I hope he enjoyed And it's funny because then he ended up selling it to like this other dude. Um, I believe where it last ended up is the dude who runs Chris, who does Radio Rahim, who put out like some fucking phenomenal reissues. Uh, I think he was the last person to actually get it. Because I, I sold it to a dude in Boston, so that's, uh, or not right sold it to. I gave it to a dude yeah. in Boston, and but like I said, that band never uh, materialized. Really, did much. They, they did like a demo, but yeah, um, that sucks. But now I got that story. You know, oh like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like in terms of like vinyl, like I don't have anything like super cool anymore. But it's like just a few things. Like I have yeah, those were all like, good. Oh, cool. Those are all good stories. I mean, I would rather yeah, you like, have told that. The final question. You listened. Hmm. You listened to the Dan episode, so I believe we asked yeah. Dan this question too, if I remember right. Yeah, because he talked about the cure. Um, <laughs> what's something that you listen to that people would not expect you to listen to? If you do, I mean, some people are they like what they like and they don't venture out. But uh, if you wake me up out of of a fucking dead sleep, like. I could be in a coma and you could shake me awake after fucking 10 years. Like, see, what's your fucking favorite? Pink Floyd's Animals. Best record ever made. I am not going to disagree. And I've probably listened to Frank Zappa's entire discography like 11 times over. So it's like, yeah, Pink Floyd's Animals and Frank Zappa is like any time of the day. But, you know, then then I start branching off like, oh, yeah, all right, Depeche Mode. You know, it's like, so like those are like my top three bands. You know, not speaking of hardcore, right, you know, but right, it's just right. like, but like, like, if you the, wake me up, the newer put on your fucking record. favorite record. It's Pink Floyd Animals. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Best. I, Did I you hear the, the newer album. mixed version? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered. Yeah. Yeah, they came out with like a, an, it, was, it was either a multi-channel mix or an Atmos mix of it. I don't remember Atmos. which. Was it an Atmos? Seven. I know a couple of people bought it here. Yeah, and then they're like, it's just one of those things because again like that's like a lot of that is birth from like i said my i had younger parents in the 80s mm-hmm. so like when kind of pink floyd kind of kind of came back in 87 like that was the prime time like my yeah. parents were there seeing them so like i was very always listening to pink floyd like, right. as a kid and it just it just stuck with me you know but that's probably like the one thing where it's just like, like yeah i listened to, to pink floyd and then you know i'll go the supermarket and fucking listen to death threat on the loudest fucking set yeah, possible. Yeah, that's the best shit to listen to at the grocery store. <laughs> Imagine if the grocery store actually like played death threat on the loudspeaker. I think most of instead the people of, would leave. Instead of Bill Withers or whatever they normally play. I like Bill, but I'm just saying like it would be such yeah. a change of pace in grocery shopping. You'd be getting fucking like <laughs> Spinning back fists in the Ben and Jerry section. <laughs> <Yeah. and shit. laughs> like, but anyways, man, um, we're gonna get wrapping up. So, do you have anything else that you want to get off before we start signing off here? Um, you want to don't, don't give me a loaded question when I can fucking ramble about nothing. <laughs> well, I meant mostly like your uh, any like upcoming things, your social media. No, I guess like probably by the time this is out, you'll you know speaking in. Uh, in the future from the past you know right. time heist is out mark is a you know friend somebody i've known uh for now over 20 years you know and and 
uh, when we kind of got hooked up, you know, it's like, like, yeah, there, here's this dude that I fucking met at Posse numbers, you know, in 2002 without even realizing it. And then cut to 20 years later, you know, I get to do a record with his band. So it's like, that's awesome for me. Um, yeah, that is so awesome. Time heist is out. Uh, big deals about to be out, which is like, I love those guys. Like those were like the best guys to talk to, um, you know, uh, moral pollution. I love, like my favorite thing is just like, just sending Jeremy something stupid and he'll just be like, ah, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like the bat. I love him. Uh, you know, so I've got nothing but love for those guys. Um, uh, but so I have got to hear some early demos of the upcoming Suffer No Fools record. And I, we actually have the artwork done and it's all set to go. And it's done by someone who has done um, some recent big hitting hardcore records. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. But the artwork is awesome because like they're, they've got a vibe that feels like they fell out of like a Megadeth album cover, you know, like something from like that, that metal blade Ed kind Ed of like, uh, you know, mid eighties. So like, so they feel like they fell out of like one of those art, you know, artworks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this new artwork very much reflects that and it's fucking awesome and cool. i can't wait to show people that and i can't wait to tell you about the other two michigan bands that i've that i've got yeah we'll um, be looking forward to those for sure yeah yeah one of them i like i said is one of them is very personal for me i, I you know I'm, i i want to keep it a little you know a little coy just you know not to kind of give it away too much but one is very personal for me and it's kind of like not necessarily like a love letter but it's like to do it as like a thank you and and uh, you know that'll make sense when that's out and then the second one is just like i don't know it's I, all i can say is it's just gonna be awesome and there's a few other things i've got coming out you know and then i'm as as this is being recorded but you know obviously this is gonna be coming out in the past uh hard feelings has got their record release show on friday and i'm can't wait to be there to be there with them and just like celebrate this record because like it's just where's that at uh that's in connecticut and they're in like another band like like i went to a show to go see birth city and change um and they had opened and much like we were talking earlier like where city. where you can um listen to a band and know within like the first few seconds of like hearing them uh when i was watching them like the singer Zach, he does in, in during one of their songs, he just screams like just the way that he like grabs the microphone and he just yells. And I just saw that and it just hit like such a fucking vibe for me. I was like, that's, that's sick. Like there's just something about it. Like they just like, captivated me. And then like after the show, I was talking to him and I was just like, just like that was awesome because like there was just something about it. like it wasn't necessarily like a packed show and like the energy wasn't it but just like what i had saw and, yeah you had like a witnessed. moment yeah and i just and i was like fuck man that's awesome it's like so like that record so to come full circle like you know to go from meeting them to then i get to hear new music of theirs because i'm going to be putting it out before anybody else to now we're going to be celebrating it it's just it's just awesome 
Fucking hell. Like I, said, I got a few other things kind of planned that I think is going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations pretty, pretty on that. But all right, man. <laughs> we won't keep you here all night. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, shit. Sorry for, for fucking, like I said, you're good. Mental, mental patient ramblings, man. <laughs> Uh, I'll have all of your Instagram and stuff in the episode description for people who are interested in following. Yeah, I look forward to fucking keeping my eye on on it and uh, all your releases coming out. Yeah, Yeah, like I said, like I've got a lot of Michigan centric stuff. We'll be looking forward to it. And um, thanks a bunch for taking the time to be interviewed and jump on the show and talk with us about the label yeah, and everything. We really it, appreciate it. It was nice to meet you, man. Oh yeah. Same here. Yeah. And so, like, thanks for letting me just fucking Ramble. two hours to just, <laughs> yeah, like, hell yeah, dude. Fuck. That's what it's all about. But, like normally, like I don't really say anything else like throughout the day, but like you give me this Avenue to talk and it's just like, Oh, I get fuck, it. Man, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a super talkative person, but when it comes to music, I can talk all day. So I get the, I get what you're, yeah. what you're getting at. Yeah, but yeah, I apologize. But yeah, but thank you really. It's, it's huge. Yeah, thank you, man. And uh, I'll be in yeah. touch with you soon, and you have a good night. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace out. All right. See you, dude.